Welcome to Is This Working? The tools we use to work have changed drastically, but how we work hasn't. In this podcast, we explore how we can make work work better for us. We're your hosts, me, Anna Codrado, and me, Tiffany Philippou. Each week, we challenge conventional views about work by taking on topics like mental health, productivity, office culture, and even what the modern way of working means for our relationships. This isn't about the future of work. This is about what's happening in work right now. This week, we're talking about side hustles, and we're asking, why are we monetizing our hobbies? But before we get into today's show, what's been happening, Anna? There's been a bit of a media buzz inspired by a couple of our episodes. Um, well, so I was on Women's Hour, BBC Radio 4. Uh, what was you it? might have heard of it. Might have. <laughs> <laughs> the episode will have um, already been out for a while now because it's live radio. Um, and anyway, I was on there to talk about why more women are going freelance and about flexible working and about how work isn't working for women, all things that we talk often about on this podcast. So yeah, it was really fun. Um, I got to meet Jenny Murray and unlike a podcast where you can say something stupid and then your wonderful producer can edit it for you you are being broadcast live so it's quite terrifying you did a great job and also even though it was live radio you can access it on bbc iplayer what date was it so people can find it it was the put you on the spot now when was it (laughs) oh yeah that's our producer has pointed out we can put a link in the show notes um but um it what was really great as well is you were giving a perspective of people who aren't just mothers because I find that the conversation understandably so centers around there but it's such a wider issue so I thought you did a great job thank you very much I've actually still not listened back to it because uh unlike our podcast which I listen to at least two times each um I don't know why I've just been too scared to listen to it so I think this afternoon I'll go off and actually listen to myself on the radio nice um and but Tiffany you've also been in the media yeah inspired by our episode about which episode was it success the one with the queen bee feedback i think it was success yeah yeah um so i spoke to alex holder who wrote an article for grazia about imposter syndrome and whether it's actually corporate gaslighting really really interesting article about how imposter syndrome implies that we're to blame for how we feel and Alex spoke to people and her perspective was about how actually maybe it's the system making us feel that way so obviously my queen bee example feedback came into play there but it's a really important it's that thing about us blaming ourselves versus the wider work culture being to blame which is a really interesting point well it's actually something that really ties into a piece of feedback we've had recently about the burnout episodes that we did two episodes back now our friend uh, Claudia who works in the advertising industry she told us that she found the episode really helpful in, in terms of understanding burnout having its own definition and she said that it qualified feelings I've had in the past that I've always blamed on myself and thought were my own failings so it's exactly the same thing you're saying with corporate gaslighting where us as individual workers are absorbing absorbing things and assuming it's our own failing rather than seeing the system 
as being the thing that's broken. I just love blaming everything on the system. Totally. Uh, we can just chill as individuals and start anarchy. But the other thing as well is obviously we're pre-recording. Yes. But by the time this comes out, our launch event would have occurred. Yes. Um, so it, thanks for coming. <laughs> thanks for coming if you were there. Um, future us, I hope you have a great time at the party. Um, but yeah, we will have done a launch party for this podcast. And it's actually, it's a sort of a launch party and networking event as part of my freelance journalists um, community that I run called FJ and Co. And yeah, I hope we had a great time. Yeah, I hope someone came. <laughs> um, anyway, let's get on with this week's episode and let's talk about side hustles. So side hustles are on the up. Some research has come out from the Henley Business School, which has found that two-fifths of UK workers have a side hustle, and that number is expected to increase to half of the UK population by 2030. And for anybody who doesn't know, a side hustle is essentially a small business or second job that someone does in addition to their main career. And very often this is a passion project. So, you know, you might work in the marketing department of a big company and then on your weekends you make um, ceramics for uh, succulents that you sell on your Etsy store or something like that. And does it have to be monetized to be defined as a side hustle? Yes. So this is actually kind of the thing that I'm really, really interested in because essentially side hustles are pretty much hobbies that are monetized. So someone takes on, um, either they already have the skill or they develop a new skill. And it's, it's usually in the kind of crafting world or it can also be in the in the kind of creative space as well so writing blogging photography these kinds of things but the the difference is is that they're monetizing them it's not just that someone is knitting in their spare time they are knitting and then they're selling their wares got it okay well this is going to throw up some really interesting questions around our relationship with our work yeah exactly well this is this is so obviously my first question is why are people doing it are they doing it because they need the extra income or are they doing it because they're trying to fulfill their lives in a way that they don't feel that they're getting that from their work? And the report that I mentioned um, from the Henley Business School has actually kind of dived into these numbers a little bit and has found that 50% of people are doing it for monetary reasons, which I think is really interesting to kind of actually think about because that that implies that there are people you know that's essentially saying that there are people out there whose full-time job is not is not making ends meet and they need to get a second job but that's also saying there are people out there who are who are doing this for other reasons and um i think a lot of it is to do with the fact that their full-time job is not giving them something that they feel the need to go and seek elsewhere we're using this term side hustle and it actually encompasses so many different motivations and reasons people are doing it. So someone who's taking on a second job because they need more money is not the same as someone pursuing a passion project that they plan to turn into a full-time entrepreneurial venture. So it's really hard because we're sort of talking about this thing, in a, but it's actually far more complex. Well, yeah, exactly. And I mean, one thing is, I think this is part of a general confusion that happens 
in regards to all of these new types, new ways of working that are emerging. So there are all these buzzwords that fly around. Side hustle is one of them. But then, you know, you have the gig economy, multi-hyphen method, portfolio, career, slashes. There There are all of these terms and they actually all do mean something, but people kind of get them confused. And it's actually part of this sort of wider trend that we're seeing where work is really, really changing. But to your point, I think one thing that we need to kind of make clear is if side hustles are just basically a a kind of sexy rebrand of a second job, going back to what we were saying earlier about how it's actually the system and not individuals, what we're really talking about here is people feeling the need to get, to take on a second job because their wages aren't high enough and they are struggling financially. And calling it a side hustle makes it sound kind of essentially glamorous, glamorous, aspirational, when really the problem should be we'll pay your workers more and then they wouldn't need to go and get a second job. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of scary stats about in-work poverty for people who work for very large organizations um actually on that point i think well i'll leave a note i'll leave a link to this in the in the show notes but um friend of the podcast vicky spratt has done a really interesting piece for refinery 29 about that so if anyone who kind of wants to read up more about in in work poverty but anyway i cut you off carry on no 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 i think that's exactly it but then there's also so on the one hand work isn't fulfilling people monetarily but on the other hand work isn't fulfilling people on the fulfillment level (laughs) or isn't fulfilling people and so people are also needing that from elsewhere but then they're monetizing it this is the bit that i find really interesting because why why would you want to add on that financial element to your hobby if if your goal is actually not to make more money so if you are interested, I'm going to use the example of t-shirt making because our producer, Chris, who makes t-shirts as a hobby. And you he's, can't buy them. <laughs> you can't buy them. Um, and um, it's, it, it, it's not, you know, it's learning the skill and it's the actual process of making the t-shirt. Surely that should be the bit that's fulfilling rather than then selling that item on Etsy. And what's really interesting is when he talks about t-shirts, his t-shirt making the one of the kind of well the first question people always ask is is it screen printing it's not but then the second people second question people ask is oh where are you going to sell these t-shirts or you know how do I buy one that kind of thing so but anyway my point is that shouldn't the fulfillment come from the actual act of making the thing rather than the selling of it well I think it's I think they're two separate projects because I think there is something fulfilling in creating something that people want to buy. And I think it is, can be fulfilling to say, I'm solving a problem for other people. Lots of, I mean, the search for the perfect t-shirt. I mean, it is quite a serious problem. So you could sell it. <laughs> but I think, well, you're, first of all, you're exposing that everyone presumes that. And that's not right, right? We should be able to do things for the sake of them. But secondly, I think creating something with the customer in mind and with the view to sell it can, is equally fulfilling. But it's a different goal versus learning the art, creating the perfect T-shirt for yourself. Like it is a very different pursuit. But because of that presumption people make about needing to monetize, perhaps someone in that camp um of just wanting to do it for the own skill might feel pressured and that they have to do it for the customer minded and then it becomes conflated probably stops being fun and i think that's probably where people are getting a bit messy well i think also to to my mind it speaks a lot to how we no longer know how to have downtime outside of work and how work and leisure 
are just so intertwined and overlapped and we live in this time when it is really possible to monetize every aspect of our life so you know that's that's partly to do with influence influencer culture and that's also partly to do with the um the rise of portfolio careers and i include us i mean that's that is both of us i wouldn't i i don't i don't have a side hustle but that's because my career is made up of i guess lots of individual hustles diverse portfolio yeah and it could be very easy for me to start monetizing a lot even more aspects of my life I could start bleeding into the kind of influencer world as well because as as what I as you know what we're doing you inevitably you grow a following online and then from there does that mean that I need to now start monetizing my social media and you know and obviously when you monetize through social media you're essentially monetizing yourself yourself you're for sale yeah I also think though with regards to people like us with these whatever word you want to use BBC said slashy which was really gross but if say we were to start a separate business that was making t-shirts that's extremely distracting to our core because everything we do has a core and then it kind of comes off it and similarly so that is our main job and similarly there'll be full-time people who are doing a side hustle that's very very different but I just can't see how you can do that and monetize it without it being extremely distracting or you're just working all the time. Well, yeah, I mean, this is the thing is there's a quite a dark side to side hustling because I was reading an article in the Evening Standard magazine about the rise of the five to nine. So people who work outside, you know, they go they go to their jobs and then in the evenings they work on their side project, their side hustle. And, you know, framed as the five to nine, yeah, that. So that sounds, you know, it's a nice little kind of headline turn of phrase. But then if you add up those total hours, you're working from 9am to 9pm. So well, it's exhausting. It's, yeah, you're burning, you're talking about burning the candle at both ends. There is, it's, yeah. it's absolutely, it's a recipe for burnout probably and, um, or if not burnout, at least kind of like workplace exhaustion or work-related exhaustion. Well, you won't be able to be good at both places because there was an article in Inc. about the the 10 commandments for side hustling. And number one was like, be amazing at your full-time job first. But for me, being amazing at a job, it's not how many hours you're sat there. It's like your focus, your engagement. It's that presentness that you can't really have if you've got something else on the go. And I think that's fine. Like say you want to start a business and you've got your job to support you until you go and do that. Like as long as you can work or in a way to the minimum that you can get away with, I think that's <laughs> fine. But if you're trying to be excellent at your full-time job and trying to be excellent at your side hustle while monetizing it, that sounds very stressful. Yeah, it sounds really tiring. And also I I also wonder what what role kind of companies play in all of this because if I'm a company and my employees all want to be side hustling, how, you know, what, how should I be thinking about that? I know you kind of talked about before how we don't really live, our kind of work culture isn't such that we're encouraged to leave a job when the time is right for it. You know, there's so much emphasis on wanting to hold on to jobs and to stay in jobs and losing jobs is the worst thing. But for people who are using side hustles basically as a testing ground and springboard to leave their full-time job and start something new particularly career changes how does how do you navigate that how do you kind of find a way to keep doing your job I guess as you said to kind of like a you know the minimum requirement so that you're not you're not doing a bad job you're just not you're not going above and beyond 
Um, but if I was a boss, how would I feel about that? Would I want to encourage my employees to be starting something so that they could then leave? Well, I think also if you're, if it's knowledge workers and their side hustles create something creative, you probably want that creative energy for themselves. Because even though work culture is set up that you're buying someone from nine to five and they sit in front of you all day, that's actually bullshit. Like obviously you're buying someone's brain and creative potential. So if they're exhausting that elsewhere and not giving that to you, then in a way that kind of would bother me more than whether or not they leave. Cause I think it's fine to be like, I'll give you six months of my time and it's going to change your business or whatever. Mm. But if it's like, that's, I'm going to give you a year of my time, but you're going to have 50% of my engagement. Well, it makes me think of, I, I don't know if they still do it. And apparently there's kind of a whole load of speculation as to whether it actually kind of worked in the way that um, it sort of was presented. But Google had or have this 20% time initiative which was started I think back in the early 2000s and essentially kind of like building in the sort of ethos of a side hustle into a company um the employees were encouraged in addition to their regular projects to spend 20% of their time working on things that they thought would benefit Google the idea being to empower employees to be more creative and innovative uh, and actually some of the company kind of most sort of biggest projects have come out of that so google news adsense gmail they they all were developed in this 20 percent time and i think that's really interesting because that's kind of trying to use the fact that creatives need space outside of the daily grind to come up with really innovative and new ideas but it all the while it's ultimately google that benefits from that and i think if you were as you as an individual I think I don't I think for many people that's not enough I think it's I think it's this idea that a side hustle I I guess is basically about autonomy and it's about I'm going to do work outside of my job because I want full control over it I want to make something I want to kind of see it all the way through this is this is more this is kind of more serious than just a hobby this is me kind of seeing whether or not I can like strike out on my own and I think a lot of those you know I think essentially those feelings of autonomy or sort of the need for wanting to be autonomous comes from the fact that they're not getting that in mm. their in their full-time job I think that's exactly it what is missing in your work that you need autonomy elsewhere and I think people are and especially imagine being in a company where you're a creative you don't feel like you get listened to You don't get to impact change the way you want. So you go and create your own thing. I mean, I always love, the reason I love entrepreneurial pursuits is you have like complete control over when everything happens and what it looks like and blah, blah, blah. You don't have like some annoying person slowing things down or whatever. Um, So I think everyone just wants to be more autonomous, which I think we've talked about in countless episodes now. But why is work not providing that for people? Mm. And does it need to? I think, yeah, I mean, this is the thing is I think, I think for some people it doesn't really matter but then for other people like you and I we 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 really like to have full control over our projects and it and if you work if that if that is your inclination it can be really hard to to find that in when you when basically when you just work for someone else and it's their project and it's and it's ultimately their core yeah but 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 what I also think is interesting coming back to that like our whole lives are up for sale there's something very visible now about the entrepreneur and I find that entrepreneurialism has become really aspirational and sort of it feels like far more people nowadays want to be entrepreneurs yeah it's this 
it's this kind of fetishizing the sort of Silicon Valley founder idea and you know there are so many articles out there about oh you know the hero Elon Musk's sort of top tips for productivity and you know Larry Page runs his meetings in this way and and sort of fetishizing you know very famous founders and kind of going back to what we were talking about in the productivity episode creating blueprints for you know I can just I can be just as productive and I can be just as famous I can be just as successful if I copy what these founders are doing and there's also the I mean influencers are um, entrepreneurs as well and again it's just so visible that oh why can't why don't I monetize going for breakfast or going on holiday and it I think it looks easy to people yeah this is the thing I get I find it quite um I find it a bit naive when people just uh are so to be honest spiteful about influencers and saying that oh you know you just put on you just put on a like you know a, a hat and take a photo and um and suddenly like the the money rolls in like it doesn't really doesn't work like that it's a lot it's a lot more complicated I mean for god's sake like even every time we've tried to take photos for this <laughs> for this podcast it is um it's not easy so yeah influencers are entrepreneurs I mean there's a whole other we could even do a whole episode on influencers and yes there is a very small percentage of influencers who are kind of only want to be influencers because they just want to be famous but m- Ever, most of the people kind of lumped into the influencer category actually prefer to call themselves content creators and to a large extent that's kind of what we're doing um and it's sort of making a business based on you know your on your content and that's that's quite different to i think what the image of the influencer is and to your point as well uh it, being an influencer or getting there or being a content creator or being an entrepreneur with your side hustle it all takes a huge amount of grind and that's kind of what I was talking about with that it's so hard to focus like emotionally and energy wise on both those things because it does take that grind and you have to burn through that pain of when it's not successful in the early days and again it's that optimization monetizing your hobby there will be a grind it will stop being fun and I think that's what people have to kind of really think about if they're kind of embarking on this side hustle adventure i think that's a great place to um move on to our next segment where we're going to be talking about um some practical tips for people who do want to start thinking about a side hustle So Tiffany, what tips do we have for people who do want to be thinking about starting a side hustle? I always say this, I'm really boring, but start with why you want to do it and use it as a lens to examine what it's telling you about your life and your job. So really say what's happening in my life and work that I'm not fulfilled. And as we said, that could be a financial constraint. Do you need to get a job or change your financial situation 
or are you not fulfilled because your job sucks and you have a bad manager and you want control I think it's actually a really useful exercise to really think about why you want to do a side hustle and to think about as we discussed already do I just want to start a creative hobby or do I want to start you can still the monetizing piece is a different exercise essentially yeah I mean I think that if you've done that exercise and you've concluded like yes I really want to start a side hustle because you know I I wouldn't want people to think that like we're completely down on side hustles because we're really not because I think that I think they can be very empowering and I think they can be really really great as long as the sort of reasons why you're doing it are sort of putting aside the fact that people who feel people who feel like they have to do a side hustle because they're not getting paid enough that is you know that is a problem that is like a big social problem that we have that our work is not you know work is not paying enough but putting that to one side people who want to do a side hustle and for um you know for kind of genuine reasons and who have done the exercise of figuring out why they want to do it and have concluded that no this is what I want to do I think it's worth remembering that we live in a perfect time to be building businesses it's never been easier especially a kind of online based business it's never been easier you know there's Etsy there's Shopify uh, it's so easy to start a blog you know it you can build a whole business just from an Instagram account so the tools are all out there I think you know if I were to sort of give a very practical tip it's just to start small and just kind of start testing the waters so I guess I could use my almost like I could almost use my newsletter as an example I started writing a newsletter not because I was trying to do a side hustle but it was for for different reasons but it has ended up growing into its own business and it's also been a really great avenue for me to do different types of writing that I don't get to do in my regular freelancing and I just started that really small I just started writing a newsletter and emailing it out to my friends and then it just started growing on its own and I spent a lot of time on YouTube and kind of reading blogs and asking people and sort of doing all sorts of research into different ways to fund um, a newsletter based business and um, yeah the tools are all out there it's just you know you could just spend a lot of time kind of like researching these things and and sort of familiarizing yourself with people who are already doing it you know there are lots of people out there who talk very with kind of great authority on how to how to have a successful side hustle some of that some of that stuff is like a load of crap but there's also some really good there's also some really good information out there we will um, link in the show notes to kind of any sort of um articles or kind of people that we think are sort of speaking well in this space but yeah it's kind of just do it I guess basically is what I'm trying to say well your story about your newsletter just made me think about my own writing journey because I know I said work out why you want to do it so I originally started writing to promote my consulting business and I never intended intended to monetize it but then I enjoyed it so much and I felt like got such a positive response Uh, and I also learned that I could monetize it so then I prioritized and did that instead so there's definitely something to be said for exploring things that you're drawn to and I guess it's passion I don't like the word passion though but you know it has been yeah it has been um I really don't like how it's been co-opted yeah but it is you know or not your passion just something you enjoy and you want to do so but my point is like test it small because obviously I wasn't making money out of it so 
I would only do one post every few weeks or something. And you kind of dip your toe in the water and same if you're, say you're making clothes, like just take it slow. Saying that if you, if your ambition is to start a fashion business and to be an entrepreneur, but you can't leave your full-time job, then know that and make a plan of how you're going to get there and make sure included in that plan is how you're going to get away with the bare minimum (laughs) at your current job or find a job that suits that better e.g like more executional freelance I don't know but like I think that's really important in a way to make the plan so you don't get super stressed staying up all night and you're being crap at both things I mean and this really comes back to kind of what you were saying about figuring out your figuring out why you're doing it in the first place because if you're if you're really clear from the beginning that I'm doing this side hustle because I want to eventually completely change career and turn this into my main job. You're going to be approaching it very differently to, I just um, want to make a little bit of sort of secondary income, but actually this is something that I just want to do in addition to my job because my job is in this is in one space and my side hustle is in another space and you know I'm a complicated and kind of like multifaceted human who has multiple interests and would like to find a way to have both those things in my life and also to make money from both of them um but anyway I think in the kind of the the sort of last point I just want to make is really about the company it was really about companies and how they should be thinking about side hustles I think it's going I think we will see in the coming years lots of side hustle policies emerging from companies and what I would really love is if rather than companies kind of started writing policies about how people should be doing their side hustles which let's be realistic they're going to say don't do it um to actually thinking about why are your employees doing it and maybe to do a bit of soul searching on their own part and to either find ways to encourage employees to have a life outside of work, whatever that might look like, a side hustle or or a non-monetized hobby, or are there ways that you can actually help your employees feel feel fulfilled in their roles without them needing to kind of- And autonomous. Without them needing to seek other, other ways of achieving that, that may actually end up burning them out or sort of being even more stressful. There you have it, employers. <laughs> yeah, any HR directors who are listening. Take I'd it. love to get <laughs> feedback from employers. Yes. Yeah, anyone who is kind of, you know, in a sort of senior position at a company or working in an HR function, we would we would love to chat. Yeah, or maybe send this to your managers. <laughs> See what they have. The next episode's called Why Do Managers Suck? So, And it will be our <laughs> last episode of the season. So make sure you are subscribed and ready ready to hear it (laughs) cool good talking side hustles with you Anna yeah thanks very much Tiff (laughs) thanks to everyone else bye